Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, the Republicans claim they're not screwing around when it comes to getting Joe Biden. The question is, can we trust them? Do we believe them? 93 WIBC, it's Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Kevin's here. So new audio. This happened just a little bit ago. In fact, about an hour, hour and a half ago. This is audio from uh, James Comer. He's a representative from Kentucky. He will be the new House Oversight Chair. And he was very clear and very direct with a room full of people and a bunch of Republicans behind him. They are coming after Joe Biden. As such, this investigation will be a top priority. We are releasing a report today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates renewing our request for voluntary production of documents relevant to this investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the president's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. So obviously, what number one, they're the Republicans, so can you trust them? No. (laughs) Strong words, if true. I mean, look— Joe Biden and the Democrats have given the Republican Party as a whole every reason to investigate them with the full force of congressional authority possible, but is it going to happen? I mean, considering the way that Donald Trump was shellacked over the course of his four years with endless hearings and investigations and multiple uh, impeachment attempts that ultimately went nowhere, it's time for Joe Biden to experience just just a fraction of the same level of scrutiny. Well, and the big one in there that stood out, uh, and I'm sure your ears went up as well, is human trafficking. Yeah. And I'm I'm guessing, guessing, only guessing that this in some way relates to Hunter Biden. Yes, that was my assumption as well, is uh, that it would connect to Hunter. But they said explicitly this is an investigation of Joe Biden, well, which the- I think is 
incredibly straightforward. I was expecting, and justifiably so, a primary focus on the son Hunter, and then they'd move to Joe as the connections were exposed. But they're starting big, swinging for the uh, swinging for the outfield, and I hope they they get a home run. Well, we'll see. Again, um, at least they're they're coming out saying the right thing. Because look, the Republicans in the House with just the House it wouldn't matter if they had the Senate anyway. But they're not they're not going to make your life any better. There's nothing your life is not going to get any better by Republicans controlling the House. So at least maybe this will be a nice little consolation prize in in the process and we'll see uh, we'll keep an eye on it but that was earlier uh, today it's gonna be what good news for you and up uh, you and i because well, we're gonna get a good sound bites it'll be it. something to talk about all right uh it's kennel casey show uh casey's out ethan hatcher in for casey today kevin's here uh okay so let's play a little bit of audio this is from retired brigadier general blaine holt and i thought he did a pretty good job of simplifying how lucky we are that World War III didn't start the other day because of Ukrainian misinformation about that missile that went off in Poland. Well, good evening, Greta. Uh, you know, yesterday I would say we dodged a real bullet. This is the thing that we worry about when you get to these heightened tension states with global conflict is just takes a spark. It just takes a miscalculation and a spark, and suddenly that kindling is rolling. Uh, yesterday, uh, we were taking in all these reports, the next domino is President Zelensky says the Russians did it. There's going to be a big war. And then you get uh, the Polish going into emergency session. NATO this morning, emergency session. Thank goodness. Cooler heads prevailed. The intelligence came in, took a very good hard look at everything. And we didn't even go into a session at NATO to have an Article 4 or a threat against a nation consultation. And so I'm very, very thankful that the systems at NATO and the intelligence community came together uh, to make sure uh, that we had this in the proper context. Yeah, and it was Ukrainian misinformation. We are in bed with these people now who we know very little about, and we have gone all in. And when you see what has happened with the Bankman Freed, the FTX guy, and the idea that it looks like, I mean, there is, it really looks like, doesn't mean it is, but it certainly appears as though money went from the US government to Ukraine. Ukraine gave money to the FTX guy. FTX guy was the second largest donor to Democrats this election cycle. What do you call that? Money laundering. Oh yeah, that, yeah that's a, Ethan using those words. Uh, not Rob. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I know you're willing to use them. So here, catch. Um, <laughs> look, and I've been saying this for mo since the beginning, and people were real upset because everybody was flying Ukraine flags and putting Ukraine as their profile picture. These people have have no tracker to be our friend. Certainly not a reliable friend. They're not a government that has a great track record of being upstanding or above board. And we are billions and billions and billions of dollars in bed with these people, and we really have no idea who they are or what they're doing with the money. I feel like saying we skirted against World War III is a little bit of an overreaction for two primary reasons. First of all, who who's to say that Joe Biden would respond that strongly to an attack even if it did come from Russia? What if that was, quote, labeled as a minor incursion and they get a pass? <laughs> Second of all, um, in in the context of World War Two or, or World War Three, I, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a Rick Perry moment. Yep. Oops. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, some really good audio. Joe Rogan had a comedian named Neil Brennan on his show, and they had a fascinating back and forth about what people look for in a president. 
I hope Kevin hit the bleep button. We'll find out. Spin the wheel. Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. So what do people look for in a president? Joe Rogan had a fascinating conversation about that. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Kevin's here. Before we uh, play that audio, though, I wanted to play you a clip uh, yesterday from Ron DeSantis. And look, I, I told you, I think the best thing for Ron DeSantis to do is to not in any way engage in any of the presidential talk of anything that Trump says or does because name ID or what you've done is not going to be a problem with DeSantis. People are looking for who you are as a person and how you respond to things from Ron DeSantis because, and we're about to play you some audio that that goes into this, people expect, and I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday, people expect a president to look and to sound and behave a certain way. Correct. They expect something from a president statesmanlike conduct exactly i think that's how you worded it and DeSantis just did so good with this yesterday when he talks about look everybody chill out over this right now the thing that matters most is herschel walker this is what the face of the party should be the party and the principles and the people over themselves Oh, look, I think we, we just we just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was, a, it, was a, it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. So hopefully we'll be able to be able to do that. But I think what people like me who've been given the opportunity to continue is, okay, uh, let's do something with that. And the reason why we want historic victory is at the end of the day, we led, we delivered, and we had your back when you needed us. That, that is why we won big. He's right. Focus on you. He has such a good story to tell. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for hope. They're looking for optimism. They're looking for what are you going to do to help make our lives better? He was the outlier during the 2020 pandemic. He stood alone taking leadership when other governors and when other states, when other political leaders went along to get along and uh, uh, capitulated with the mass shutdowns on society, with the enormous stimulus giveaways and Ron DeSantis he kept the schools open he kept the businesses open and he set a beacon for liberty now I'm a little bit concerned with him uh, hanging his hat on the Herschel Walker election Democrats already have control of the Senate Herschel Walker winning that election will not take it will not give Republicans the majority so I say it's safer to call that a loss and then reset for the next race yeah but it's what people are looking for people are looking and because Trump was not this let's face it Trump and Lynn Wood and those people's behavior during 2020 probably cost uh, the two Republican senators from Georgia those seats in those runoffs. Yep. They, they, all the doubts about the election, there were tens of thousands of people, well, I'm not voting, my vote doesn't count. They screwed 
probably screwed up two U.S. two U.S. Senate seats. And the idea that you contrast that to DeSantis saying no. It's not about me right now. This is silly. We got all sorts of time to get through this. Study president's going to be. Uh, everybody, let's go help Herschel because every seat matters. We're all on the same team here. Let's go charge. And then he puts in the thing at the end about the things that he did. That That's how, the winning message. Yeah, right. You're right. Okay, so Joe Rogan had a really interesting conversation with a comedian by the name of Neil Brennan. And they got into what people look for in a president I thought this was a great discussion. Here is a little bit of that, which hopefully Kevin bleeped all the parts he's supposed to bleep. There's there's some weird thing about human beings where they uh, they gravitate towards a big leader, but towards someone who claims they have the answers and seems very confident and can speak reasonably well. There's almost like a cheat code where people just like they get locked into it that. It feels like order. Mm. It just feels like order. If you go, if somebody says, I know, and they're tall, if, first of all, if they're tall, that gets you like 60% of the way there. That helps. <laughs> if they're tall and says, I know what we should do, huh? Good looking. Charismatic, good looking, fit, uh, attractive to women. Like, that'll, <laughs> it just makes you feel like a daddy's here. Mm. Some daddy's here. A different daddy. It's like, oh, all right. That's what people like about Trump. That's what people like about Obama. Any Most presidents are some form of that. Yeah. What Reagan. Yeah. Uh, certainly two termers. George W. Bush in a weird way. Form a. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's sort of. He. George Bush. George W. Bush. Guy walked like he had a two foot. <laughs> Guy walked like he had he had to leave room for two dicks. That's how wide his gate was. And he said he used to practice it. <laughs> George gate? W. Bush used to practice Come his on. gate. I really? Swear, you look it up. Yeah. He, he would talk about it in interviews. <laughs> like, we're looking. walking around your house practicing your impressive walk. Yeah. Well, that can you imagine anyone more than him doing it? It's like the exact guy that would do that. Like, I'm practice walk. They're right. Right. I mean, we as a society have something in mind when we think of the president of the United States. And it doesn't mean it's always been that way, but certainly in the modern television era, which I guess you would since say that JFK. since JFK, the president of the United States has looked other than Trump kind of being the outlier, has looked and sounded a certain way. But I also maintain with Trump. And I was, look, I was guilty of this. I, you know, I've been very adamant. I did not vote for Trump or support Trump or be all in on Trump because I thought he was going to be this phenomenal president. I knew a lot of his policies I wouldn't agree with, but I knew he would rip off the mask of what Washington, D.C. is and who these scumbags and dirtballs in Washington, D.C. are and how they weaponize the government against us. But I did think, and this is the mistake I made, I thought once Trump got elected, he would become that CEO, the tough, you know, the tough walking apprentice guy, not the wild you're fired, but he would have that aura about him because he is a CEO. He does have the ability to look like that. And unfortunately, he spent more time being a WWE character than being that CEO. But I thought that's what he would become because that's what you picture the president being. I will say one of the great accomplishments of the president, uh, President Trump's administration was taking a sledgehammer to the bureaucracy and absolutely wrecking the many regulations that 
on an institutional level, absent of Congress, have been enforced on the society. I do question, however, when they say, okay, tall, yes. Good looking to women, yes. Was that Trump, though? He was tall. Good looking to women. It's I a, mean, although the money goes a long yeah, right, way. I right. know what women want, and he does have uh, he does have the pocket. Well, and the other, and, and this is where, <laughs> when Trump, and, and, I, and I always told this about when I interviewed <laughs> Trump, and I told Trump this. I said, if people could see this side of you that I saw, they would have a markedly different opinion of you. I think there's something in Trump that is always in entertainer mode. Like in some people where it just never stops, they are physically incapable of not doing the thing. Like Andy Kaufman used to run through the zoo with Bob Zamuda screaming that the lions had been released and people would freak out and he would let her say, I just wanted to see what people would do. There's no rhyme or reason for any of that. It's the same thing here. Trump has this incredible ability when he's person to person with people, which is why his most successful thing was foreign policy. Because I think when he went into the rooms with the foreign leaders, he knew, hey, we're not bullcrapping people here. There's no cameras here. We're not screwing around. He was the CEO guy. He was the great listener and the ability to communicate. And I think that's why foreign policy he was most successful on because he cut the crap because he understood the magnitude of the foreign policy. And, and so I just... It, I just thought this was a very interesting conversation because we do so much of what we do and how we vote is based on what we perceive people, especially the president, should look like or the way he should act. And I think that's why we keep coming back to Ron DeSantis being such an right. eminently qualified candidate for president. He has the looks. He ha He's a power couple. He's got the back. He's got the squeaky clean background. He's yep. got the military record. And most importantly, he has the legislative history to run on. He's good looking. All those combined seem to indicate a probably pretty solid choice for a presidential candidate. All right. It's the Kendall and Casey show. Ethan Hatcher and for Casey, Kevin's here when we come back some great audio for you we've got a, a lady who uh, rachel bovert is her name she's with the conservative policy institute and she totally rips apart what congress has become we've got some audio from uh the judge in the waukesha murders that guy got sentenced yesterday and we've got some great audio from tulsi gabbard it's all coming up next on the kendall and casey show whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. My name's Joe, I'm the CEO. Yeah, I'm the man. Makes it the is time to educate the public on how your state government operates. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Ethan Hatcher in for Casey today, and look who it is. Wearing a jacket and a button-down shirt. The one and only, he's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur, Abdullah Keep Shabazz. How are you, my friend? Doing good, my friend. How's everything going? Uh, it's going all right. All right, let's educate the public on how their government works. Tuesday is a big day as it relates to the Indiana state government. What's going on? Uh, Tuesday is what's called Organization Day. It is sort of the, the official, unofficial start of the 2023-2024 uh, uh -huh. legislative uh, session here in the state of Indiana. As lawmakers show up, uh, lawmakers get sworn in. Pat themselves on the back. Uh, say, great, we're once again part of the ruling elite. It's, it's kind of like the first day of school. Oh. And so everybody's sort of, sort of together. Sure. Um, it's kind of like, like orientation day, though. those first few days of orientation before school officially starts in 
in January. Right. And they, as part of this, correct me if I'm wrong, they kind of give a very high level of these are the things we're thinking about addressing in the upcoming legislative session. Right. Uh, a, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, sort of fine-tuning on respective House and Senate agendas are being put together. Uh, you've got uh, your, in, your interest groups, whether it's the Chambers of Commerce, uh, municipalities, you know, counties, uh, manufacturers association. They're all putting together their legislative agendas as well, which is why. Any agenda for the people? I hear a lot of special interest groups there. Any agenda for this is a pro-people agenda? You see, but, see, but here's the thing, though. I argue people are special interests. Oh. They are, because think about it. You live in a municipality, right? Mm-hmm. So guess what? AIM. So technically- oh, oh, no. I have no interest on oh, based on oh. the Brownsburg Town Council meeting which <laughs> last night helping those people get ahead. No, no, but no, but AIM, they represent municipalities, got the Association of School Boards. Again, uh, I, 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 have you I, seen I, the school board in Brownsburg? I got no <laughs> interest in those people succeeding. See, I joke and say everybody's a special interest. Uh, but there's but, but there's difference between my special interest uh-huh. and your special interest. You know what my interest is? They're sitting on a whole bunch of my money. Give it back. Where do I lobby for that one? Um, Who do I call? You call Greg Strewall. Oh, and actually, no, actually, you, you call Jeff Thompson. Oh no, no, I think the phone calls with Jeff Thompson. I think I've used those up. Who's who's the new way? Who's going to be the new ways of me? Yeah, uh huh. So, so you got you got all the all the all the different interest groups uh, sort of laying out their agendas as well. So it's going to be a very and it's right before Thanksgiving. So Tuesday is going to be a very very busy uh, type day. Now, one of the issues we have talked about that doesn't really seem to be on any legislators' radar publicly is this idea of property taxes because the assessments have skyrocketed and these will be the first bills that'll be going out related to those assessments. Any sense of urgency from any of the 150 people inside 200 West Washington to do anything about this? Um, I think so. I think people are just basically trying to get more data to figure out what exactly how how bad the property tax bills are going to be. Uh, I had a conversation uh, with David Bodarf, who's the head of the Indiana Association, the, the Association of Indiana Counties. They're putting together a report that'll be due out uh, in mid-December uh, to give us a better idea what property what the property taxes are going to be, which I think a lot of lawmakers will use that as sort of a blueprint uh, to go forward. I also had a conversation this week, uh, which I'll be playing on the Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, a week from Thursday, a week from today. Oh, you're doing the morning show. Yeah, you're always the day after Thanksgiving morning guy. Yes, and uh, it's, I, it's uh, me in the circle of light. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like to know eight people are hearing you? <laughs> but you know what? It's the eight people who matter. That's right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I will probably be one of those eight people. Um, so uh, the, the, the comments that I spoke to said it, it may not be as bad as we think it is because there are lots of things that go into the formula. And so it's supposed to be, even though you may have a, a 30 40% increase in your assessment, you may only see a 5% increase in your property tax bill. But like I said, we'll know more once it reports out in mid-December. Well, and you know this, that government is is uh, not apt to, is not designed to work quickly. So let's say this stuff comes out at the end of December. Can these guys come up with something by January to fix this? Yeah, I because mean, they, they got till the end of, end of April. Because remember, they got the whole legislative session to... Yeah, to, but you know it takes forever for them to do anything, even when they plan to do something. Um, I would say it's it's like a glacier. It moves slowly, but when it's all said and done, you got lots of flat land and lots of mountains. Oh, so you and I had a... By the way, Abdul is with us. We're talking about Organization Day, which is coming up on Tuesday, where we might get some idea of where the Indiana General Assembly is headed for the upcoming legislative session. You and I talked about this on, on the, this morning when we recorded State House Happenings, which is that they got to do something because it's ridiculous that people like my dad, who have lived in the same house for 36 years, who has no intention to sell the house, is 
keeps getting more and more taken from him every single year based on what other people have done when he is not sharing in the profit of other people selling their homes. I mean, it's ridiculous for senior citizens, many on fixed incomes, to have to worry about that. Well, I want to say a couple of things on senior citizens. Number one, there's like a senior citizen property tax credit or something like that. that yeah, I know that, there's that, an old people discount, but it still goes up every year if the value of the home goes up every well, year. Well, you're not, you're not. It's not like they're going to Old Country Buffet at 3 o'clock in the afternoon getting fried chicken and mashed potatoes for, 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 for a discount. It's a little more complicated than that. But but I do think uh, to deal with rising assessments, which in part was because of the, you know just simple supply and demand is, right. is what it was, I do think there's a way... Uh, to protect senior citizens, owner-occupied homes, but but still, and and the way you do it is you basically you you freeze the assessment as long as you live in your home and your yes. and your home is owner-occupied. You're, and if you're a senior citizen, your your assessment is frozen until you sell it. Yeah. And then that way, the new person who takes over ends up with a, with a new property tax bill. Because for example, in a lot of parts of Indianapolis that are sort of going through gentrification right now, you have a lot of folks who lived in their homes, but now their their home value has gone up. And like, hey, wait, I didn't do anything to my house, but even though I got a new house. Right next door. So I think freezing assessments, say, go back over the past two, three years, whatever the assessed value is, as long as you own and occupy your home is, is more than likely the way to go. Yeah, and, and and it is ridiculous. This is the only time that I can think of where you don't profit off anything, and yet you are taxed off not profiting. I mean, it's one thing to say, I sold my home, I made a profit. Okay, you pay your applicable taxes, whatever. But the idea that every year we tax people for something they're not profiting off of Man, that just seems like a really harsh way to to treat the citizenry. That's the discussion you and I have to have on another episode of State House Hat. Uh, Abdul is here. Uh, let's move. Well, I guess it is part of Org Day because this person is a part of Org Day. But you were you reported in your fabulous cheat sheet, which people can get. It's the best fifty dollars you'll spend all year over at indiepolitics.org. That there was an attempted, I guess we'd call it a coup against the leader of the Senate. Yes, and uh, and it reminds me of an old phrase that when you shoot the king, you only get one shot. Yeah, right. So, right. So uh, they tried. The Republicans came for Senate Leader Rod Bray. They apparently walked in with the votes to get rid of him, and then a bunch of people wimped out. Uh, in a nutshell, yeah, because uh, they were they were mad about the the abortion debate and everything that happened during the special session in the in the abortion debate. These are the forty Senate Republicans. Yeah, forty, forty, yeah, thirty nine, forty. They had twenty three votes. I was told going in. To, to the to the to the, the majority, yeah, yeah, to the, you're majority. out. See the majority, and so but but what happened was, is while okay, Rod Bray is bad. Okay, fine, but why is the guy we want to replace him with good? Who did they, was there someone they wanted to replace him with? Um, I'm not sure who. I'm not sure. I know uh, Messer was a was a was a likely candidate, but I'm not really sure who is going to be the majority leader uh, or the Senate or the new Senate pro tem. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, every one of those guys basically want to be that, right? I mean, if you if you're in the Indiana Senate, you basically want to be, for the most part, you want to be. I, I'd say I'd say probably about about 25 percent of them. high up as you can go, right? I mean, these guys love to see their own and hear their own names. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but uh, also, ultimately, a bunch of people. Uh, and I've had this happen to me before in in uh, government uh, events where people will tell you behind the scenes, "Yeah, I'm with you. What a great idea! Let's go!" And then you get in there and you make the motion or bring up the idea, and it's a giant. Giant uh, box of crickets. Well, like the old joke goes, if everybody said they voted for me, did actually did, I, I'd have won in a landslide. Yeah, sure, right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we started out as, as 23, 24 votes, actually ended up like being like 11 or 13 <laughs> when, when it was all uh, said and done. What a bunch of wimps. So, and so Bride Bray was uh, reelected, but they wanted to vote. So, at the very least, 
breaking up, put out a news release basically saying I won by acclamation uh, or, or right. unanimous. Right. So. They, they wanted to get on record. There's a bunch of people that don't like you, that don't want you here, don't want you in charge. Or, or, or they, they like you personally, but they aren't happy with your leadership. Sure. No, and that's, and that's fine. And, yeah. and that happens all the time. So now these people who ultimately voted no, do they get punished? That remains to be seen. Because that's uh that's, this doesn't Bray kind of set you get to be in charge of this committee and you get to be in charge of that committee and yeah, whatever. He, yeah, he sets the committee the committee list of committee schedules. I have to double check and see uh, whether there's been a new committee list uh, put out yet because I know they're waiting until after the election to, to do all that. All right, before we let you go, the question everybody wants to know, you going to run for mayor or are you going to be smart and realize Marion County Republican Party's done? We're still thinking about it. Uh, we're waiting for the official results to come back uh, because they're – there is a there is a path to win the mayor's race. Oh, but it's like flying down. Ah, here's a perfect example. It's Star Wars. Uh it's flying. It's Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. He's flying down the Death Star Canyon. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader and the two Imperial Tie oh, Fighters. Oh yeah, are, sure. Are, are right behind him, and you know how Han Solo sort of comes in with the Millennium Falcon, and you know Darth Vader. The Force is strong with this one, and so, but but Han Solo took the money and left. He's not coming back. <laughs> So you basically got one shot yeah. to make this work. Yeah, no, I'm totally torn on this because I would love to see you run for mayor because, one, I think you would actually do a pretty good job at it. And I think you would totally clean up at least the big issue, which is the crime issue. Uh, and I would love to see the campaign itself. But I also don't want you to leave me here. <laughs> what am I going to do without you? Well, bring back Jim Merritt. Um, but, but, actually, but actually, here's uh, here's 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 the tricky part. Uh, based on the Mary County Prosecutor's race, Ryan Mears beat Cindy Carrasco by 20,000 votes right. in a nutshell. So any Republican or anyone who wants to run for mayor as a as a Republican or non-Democrat has to go find 20,000 right. votes. Right. Or yeah. at least convince 10,001 of the people who voted for Ryan Mears yeah, that they need to switch over. Right. Now, with that said, though, there's one vote that actually really, really matters. <laughs> And so the question is, which is easier to do, go find those 10,001 votes or convince the one vote that actually matters? And I'm arguing, I'm thinking right now, it's finding the 10,001 votes is a whole lot easier to get my hands on than that one person right now. Oh, he's at all. What's coming up this weekend, by the way, on Abdul at Large 1 to 3 here on WIBC? Actually, uh, it is IU football. Are you not working again? Yeah, but I'm also, but I'm working the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So, All right. So well, trust me, Radio 1 will get their, will oh, get their money. Okay. <laughs> he's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur, the one and only Abdul Kim Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey, June. Oh, yes. Don't really? Yes. You got to end the show on a, a yes, positive yes, note. Yes. Good selection, Kevin. Why would you do this to me? I know how much you love the Beatles and appreciate their artistry, so I had to do it. Uh, it's Kendall Casey show. Ethan Hatcher in for... Casey, Kevin's here, playing selective. I mean, what, what's the word? Of, not selective. What's the word I'm looking for here? Sub, uh, 
Some of the finest music to ever be crafted. No question. I'm sorry. Questionable music choices. That's what I was looking for. Uh, really quick, wanted to play a couple pieces of audio for you here as we wrap up the show today. So Rachel Bovert, she is with a group uh, uh, called the Conservative Policy Institute, and she has been around as a staffer, et cetera, Congress for a very long time, and she totally ripped apart what Congress has become, and it is excellent. Take a listen. The House of Representatives in 2022 is as autocratic as it has ever been. Over the course of the last 15 years, the People's House has increasingly just reflected the whims of three or four people and no more. When I came to the House as a junior staffer in 2006, open rules on appropriations bills were the norm. Members would vote until the early hours of the morning on any and all issues individual members cared about. Fast forward to now. I've spent five years teaching staff who have never even seen an open rule. As I tell many of them, it's a unicorn, mythical, elusive, and exists only in books. Staff today have seen one process, usually giant bills written behind closed doors, dumped on the membership with little time to read the bill, much less amend it. They are bullied into voting for the bill and punished if they don't. The House, in other words, is broken for the members, but it works as intended for leadership, K Street, and special interests. She is right. Very few people read anything in any level of government. And I'm talking about these intellectual giants I had to deal with last night at the Brownsburg Town Council meeting. I'm talking about the Indiana State House, and I'm certainly talking about Washington, D.C. There are bills that get voted on every day and pieces of legislation that get voted on every single day, and the majority of the people have no idea what they're voting on. That's how most legislation gets passed. They tuck these little spork, uh, pork spending packages into bills that are completely unrelated. That's where you find these little funding mechanisms tucked into the road funding bills yeah. that have nothing to do with funding roads. I will never forget this, and this was a super eye-opening experience for me on how nobody reads anything. And this has been years ago. This was like 2014. There was a bill in front of the Indiana General Assembly that was clearly an anti-Carmel bill. It was related to tax increment finance districts. And the bill was written by a Noblesville senator who couldn't get it passed because it was seen as Noblesville going at Carmel. So they got uh, our stooge senator at the time in Brownsburg to agree to, or Avon slash Brownsburg, to carry the bill. And a bunch of us were lobbying him going, going saying, wait, as a local elected official saying, dude, why would you do this? You're going to harm your own Community, uh, we were naively thinking, okay, this guy doesn't know. He's been asked to do this. He's doing it. Once we alert him what he's doing, this bill will harm your own community. He will quickly stop. And he wasn't stopping. And he kept digging in his heels. And ultimately, that guy was punished, and he was defeated for what he did. But what you quickly realized is he was carrying that bill at the demanding of another more powerful senator because he wanted to move up in leadership. It wasn't about for the benefit of anyone. He ultimately had no idea what was in the bill, and he was doing it for himself at the expense of everybody else because he was mandated by leadership to carry the bill. And I'll never forget this, Ethan. I'm in the room with this guy in his office. He had one of those. He wasn't powerful enough that he had his own office. He was one of those low-level senators who get a cube. If you're at the Indiana State House, if you don't matter, you get a cube as a senator instead of an actual office. And so I'm in his cube, and I'm going at him, and I'm going at him, going at him, and I can tell he's just tired of, of me being there, and he's just getting annoyed. And and finally, he looks at me, and he goes, he has all these bills. This is you know a couple days left to go in session. He's got all these bills tacked up around his cube. And he goes, he goes, I, I got a lot of work to do. You see all these bills I got to deal with? And I looked at him, and I was totally naive. I said, yeah, how are you going to have time to read all those? 
<laughs> and there was just silence. And it was like, you know, in the cartoons when the light goes off over the character's head? And I said, oh, Oh, that's the secret. And it was like 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 backing up as I was pointing at him as I was leaving, saying, you guys don't read anything, do you? This is all just like a fait accompli. You guys just do whatever you're told, and you have absolutely no idea what you're doing, and you just vote on whatever in the world the leadership tells you to vote on. Sure, Rob. The cat's been out of the bag for at least the last, like, what, 13, 14 years? One of the most infamous sound bites to ever be produced from uh, politics, Nancy Pelosi, when she famously said, we got to pass Obamacare to find out what's in in Obamacare. Of course, nobody's reading the bills, and they haven't for a long time. All right, real quick before we go, the Waukesha murderer was sentenced to six life sentences yesterday. He's, of course, nice. the lunatic who ran over all those people, killed six people. Uh, not a word from the media about this. Very, very little, rather, from the media about this. Disappointingly sparse uh, well, coverage. And you and I and everybody else knows why that is. But the judge broke down during the sentence. I thought this was an incredible piece of audio. If this was a mistake, if he was lost, this was his very first opportunity to stop and do the right thing after causing injury to a person. But he didn't. He did not stop. And then, of course, the walkers to self banned. It's hard not to think about what I watched and not have this reaction. Those were images that frankly kept me up at night that I saw over and over and over. For their band director, she is a hero to me to get up on the stand to talk about, and that was Sarah Waymeyer our Paricio, to identify each one of her students, talk about their formation, talk about what she saw. So strong for all of you. All right. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, but thankfully justice was served. Uh, great audio from that judge. Thankfully, six life sentences. That guy is not getting out. That'll do it for us today. Ethan, great job. Thank you. Kevin, great job. Thank you. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey show. And this terrible Beatles music <laughs> on 93 WIBC.